ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and my sisters, it is Brother Solis live with another episode of Coffee and the Truth. And my man's been AWOL on us, but I had to bring him back. I don't know if he was just trying to run, trying to quit on us, but I got Rev Ran back in the building. I'm glad to be back. I know uh, y'all didn't see me few times here i had to i was working and you know sometimes i just got to go and bring some money in get the extra extra blessing well, i guess it's only right that his name is rev Rand, so we know he was running off on us but we got him back good to have my brother so uh, there's a very popular topic out there and i want to discuss that with you when I had stepped down from ministry, I'm trying to do what's right. And it felt like every single step of the way, like I was, uh, I was obeying my pastor. I was, I was praying, I was fasting and it seemed like everything I was doing, then I just got knocked down again and I got knocked down again. Meanwhile, I'm seeing other ones that I know have probably done possibly even worse things than I have and they're being elevated but the only difference is they weren't confessing and their stuff was being done in secret. But because I was up front about everything I dealt with, I feel like I was the one that was being brought low. So sometimes I'm, I'm just thinking, why is it that, that those that are out there in the world or even some that are, that are even in the church, they're not living right. They're not doing what's right, but it seems like nothing's being affected. Like I know we have the scripture that says the pleasures of sin are for a season, but sometimes it seems like that season never ends. It seems like they just keep getting elevated. They keep getting blessed. Meanwhile, it seems like I'm never, like I don't even know when I'm going to see my blessing coming. Well, you're a Christian and you're like every Christian. First off, I believe there's a point in every one of our walks where our eyes get taken off of righteous, the Lord, and we start focusing on the wicked and why they prosper so much. So the year 2020 was a very different year for the world, not just here in America, but the world all around. A disease, sickness, however you want to view this, had hit, and it changed, locked down countries, locked down pretty much the whole world. And one of the requirements of that was a mask. See, the mask has been being worn for centuries, yes. even decades. And I say this because it's the mask of the facade that you are watching. It seems as though the wicked are prospering. It seems as though that the wicked are being treated fairly or if not favored by God. But there's a facade in all this. So... There's a reason why I call it front book because there's a lot of fronting going on. You have to fake it till you make it per se in the world. And that's what a lot of righteous individuals don't realize is you are being persuaded by individuals who have learned to mask up their insecurities their shortcomings and their failures to make it seem as though it's all good. If life is so good for some of these individuals, 
then why are they flooding and drowning in debt? And life is so good for some of these individuals. Why do they constantly have to drink their problems away? Why do they have to intake drugs in order for them to feel satisfied? See, but the godly is not so. It says the unrighteous, they're the ones that are driven by the wind as a chaff. It's pretty much when it says that we are like a tree planted by the waters. But it says in its time, in his time, we will bring forth fruit. What are you fixating your eyes on? See, you are able to do incredible things if you would just continue to keep your focus on God. But the moment you start focusing on man and their facade and the wicked. That's when you're going to start sinking. I was, I was reading, and there was a psalm that uh, the first things he says is he's talking about, like, for me, I almost lost my footing, and my feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. And he says, why? For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. And that's what messes us up, because that's what gets us it almost gets us to lose out because we're so focused on them. But if we're focused on them, who are we not looking at? We're not looking at the Lord. And that's when we begin to sink. It's basically a doorway to allow all of these other things to start entering in to our lives. And if we're not, and if we're not careful and we don't get our focus back and refocus, we could end up being just like the wicked. Yeah. Correct, and thank you for bringing it. It's actually Psalm 73, and I was going to bring that up. Often tell people, make sure you read a little bit more than just one verse because you can try to go a mile just off of one verse. But if you just read, your thought process can be changed. Yes. So if you look at verse 4, it says, They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They do not have trouble like other people. They, they're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like jeweled necklaces and clothe themselves in cruelty. Their fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil in their pride. They seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Mm. I get nothing but trouble all the day long. Every morning brings me pain. So this is the where I want to stop right here. The key word was seen. And I'm going to move forward past that. I just wanted to say it seems that facade I was talking about. But this is where you get yourself into trouble. When you try to line up your righteousness with God, you're going to get yourself in trouble. See, what Job's issue was is he thought because he was righteous that things shouldn't come his way. But Jesus Christ would come and he would tell us that the rain is going to fall on the good and on the bad. Yes. The just and the unjust. Even Jesus Christ himself had to experience life. So now here he is. Am, am I doing all these right things for nothing? Love keeps no record. Yeah. 
I don't do something because I'm required to do it. I do something because I love doing it. And if I love doing it, I'm not going to sit there and say, was it all in vain? No, because it was love. God doesn't want to be your Lord. Yes, he should be able to be at a point where he could tell you to do anything and you'll do it. But that's not the kind of relationship he wants to have with you. He wants to know that he's loved by you. It doesn't want to be, oh, I, I do these things because, because God says it and because I'm going to go to hell if I don't do it. No, it should be, this is what's pleasing to God. And if this is pleasing to God, I want to do it. And if this hurts God and this comes in between my relationship with him, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't matter to me if, someone, if, if there's blessing that comes with it. I don't do it because I get blessed. I don't do it because my bank account's going to be increased. I don't do it because I'm going to end up getting a new house or because my family's going to be rose up or because God gives me a new ministry or because, because I start preaching at all the big churches. That's not why I do this. I do it because it's right. Yeah. And that's the reason why when I, when I went and I came forward about everything I was dealing with, the reason I did, because I even had ministers that told me, they said, you know, it says something about, about Randy Hall that no one had to come to him and find out about what was going on in his life. He didn't hide it, but he came up and confessed. And I did it because if this, I was, I was ready. I was ready to never preach again. I was ready to just be a normal saint on the pew if it meant that my relationship with God was intact. It didn't matter if I was ever going to preach again. I knew that that was a possibility. I knew it was a possibility that I'd have to turn in my license and all of that. I was, I was fully prepared for that. But it was at whatever cost to me, if it means that my walk with God's intact, if it means that I'm right with the Lord, that's all that mattered to me. Look at verse 15. It says, If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand out why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult mm. task it is. Then I went into the, your sanctuary, O Lord, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. Hear me, young Christian. Hear me, man of God. Hear me, woman of God. Look what verse 19 says. In an instant, mm. they are destroyed. See, the difference between you and the wicked is you got conviction and you got warnings in your path when you're weighing off. Mm -hmm. But for the wicked, in an instant, everything that they thought that they built up is completely gone and ruined. Mm -hmm. Stay faithful. You can never outfaith your God. Remember, my righteousness and your righteousness are filthy rags, but it's love that makes us grow into the Lord. I started getting to the knowledge that he loved me. And despite what is going on with them, I don't care because I love him because he didn't have to love me. Because even when I was a wicked, no good sinner, the Bible says that he would still take up the cross for me. It says that even for a righteous, some would barely want to die. But for the unrighteous, Christ would die for mm. you and I. So it looks 
see, in our walk, we get warnings, we get conviction, and you keep that in you, and you hold on to that, because there's going to come a day where everything that they worked hard for, everything Pharaoh, everything Egypt worked hard for, these men were prosperous, rich individuals, and all of it was gone in an instant when God said, go and borrow from them. Yeah. And all their prosperity would come to a ruin when Israel would obey God and keep their trust in God. And when they did, everything their enemy worked hard for now became theirs in an instant. Man. And this is why I tell people, you got to be careful. You think they're blessed by God. Jesus Christ was tempted of the devil. He said, I will give you all these things if you will bow down and worship me. See, it is not God that blesses some folks. Some folks just bow down to another God. Mm -hmm. And he would give them what they want because he's a genie. Your God's a God. There's a big difference because a genie don't care what the consequences that come with those things, but your God does. And you know, what's, what's crazy is just like, just like what you said, sometimes what happens is, yeah, your enemy's getting blessed. But what you don't understand is your enemy's blessing. He's only blessed so that you get blessed. Correct. I mean, look at Joshua and Caleb. These men go, they go with these spies, come back. The Bible says it took two men to carry all the clusters of grapes. And they're scared, right? It says 10 spies were scared. Two of them were ready to go. The 10 were scared. Yeah. Because for some odd reason, they thought that their prosperity only came because of who they were physically. Yeah, they were giants. They were. Why Joshua and Caleb understood, no, no, no. We're greater because we're spiritually in line with God. And God's going to take us over there. And everything that they worked hard for was not for them to prosper, but it was for us to prosper. Because the psalmist would write, I was young and I am old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken mm -hmm. or their children begging, begging for bread. bread. I'm telling you, your time is coming, man of God. You just stay patient. Your time is coming. I can't say it enough. Do not trust the process. The process will consume you and it will doom you. It will eat you alive. You trust the God of, of the, the process, process and you'll be all right. I'm telling you. Yeah. Because the God of the process will speak to you. The process will not speak to you. You just keep going, Joshua. You just keep going, Caleb. Regardless of what the naysayers are saying, that your enemies are greater than you. Their wealth will soon be your wealth. You just stay faithful. You just keep looking back at that Red Sea. You just keep holding those memorials. I'm just telling you, do not let go of your testimonies. If God did it before, he can do it again. And if God has done it for somebody else, he can do it for you. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the question I got to ask as you are looking at the wicked prosper, when has God stopped caring? Never. When has God become a deadbeat dad? Never. The issue isn't him. It's what I'm fixated on. Because mm -hmm. I know my wife wouldn't like it. And she busted tail all day at the house, cooking, cleaning, dealing with the children, doing homeschool. And I come and I nag, nag, nag. You don't know the things that God has protected you from in the unseen. How dare me and you fall short and fall victim and not realizing what he's doing in the unseen. 
This is why we got to get in tune with God. And this is why Paul would tell us that if we walk at the spirit, we would not fulfill the lust, lust of, of the, the flesh. flesh. Yes. What is the lust of the flesh? The flesh wants to prosper. The flesh wants those things. But what does the spirit do? I know what you're working behind the scene because mm -hmm. there's a facade there. Because God, faith steps in. what's going to happen if you start blessing me, we got to come real with, uh, with ourselves. If you start blessing me financially, I will start thinking I'm better than Brother Hall. I'll start thinking that your church needs my tides and the church needs my money. You know, what's a little too cold in here, Pastor. You're going to turn that down or else I'm not going to give no money. Yeah. Just as you were saying that, I was starting to read a little more on when right after it says that there's uh, that they're destroyed and they're completely swept away. The next verse says, when you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas. Yeah. The wicked's as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Right. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I like what it says. It, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. <laughs> but this is what's awesome. Yet I still belong to you and you hold my right hand. He's not going to give up on you. He's not. As, as you were talking, I started thinking about how Joshua when he's about to go to Jericho and he sees an angel and he asks him, he says, are you for us? And he's, uh, or are you against us like, yeah. or for our enemy? And he says, neither. neither. I'm for the Lord. Yeah. And that's, and, but that's, that's the way we need to think is a lot of times we think, God, are you even for us? And he's like, bro, I, I got my thing. Are you for me? Like right. that's like, I'm, I'm working my will. Are you for me? And that's what we need to start thinking. It's not, it's not God's on our side. We need to get on God's side. Yes. We need to get on the winning side because our side's not going to win. A lot of times we start thinking of ourselves. We start thinking about other people. But, but once, our, once our mind's on God, then when Peter's eyes were on the Lord, there wasn't any waves. He didn't even hear anything about any waves. He didn't hear about him moving or him seeing the wind or anything like that. Right. When he was walking on the Lord everything and, and his eyes are fixed on the Lord, everything was good. But as soon as he looked away, the waves start coming. All of a sudden, it starts feeling like everything's, everything's starting to overwhelm me. And, and what I, I truly believe that th that was a visual of what the scripture says when the enemy comes in like a flood. Peter starts sinking. He starts falling down. But right when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. God reaches down and grabs you up and say, hey, you don't belong there. Yeah. So we on the lookout. I got some some 238 merch dropping out. All right. And one of those shirts says, let God bless you. God wants to bless you. God desires to bless you. Everything he did for his children was a blessing. He made water come from a rock in a place where there was no water. Yeah. He made manna come from heaven. Quail. I mean. Yeah, just a strong wind and all of a sudden all this quail comes. God wants to. But don't make God force that blessing. Yeah. Because he did that for them because they were turning stiff on him. And it was turning rebellious on him. God did great miracles for them, Brother Hall. Yes, he did. 
and it still did not draw them to him. Mm-hmm. It's not the finances that you're looking for that's going to bring you close to God. It's not the car you're looking for. It's not the house you're looking for. It's not the job that's going to bring you. The miracles do not bring you close to God. The hunger and the thirst for righteousness is what brings you close to God. Mm. Not one time on the Sermon on the Mount did God ever say, blessed is the man who has the big tent. Yeah. Blessed is the man that makes such and such amount a year. No. He started talking about inward things. Mm. Because as long as I'm good here, it's mindset. Yes, it is. Because I think my God has dictated how good he is off of the miracles and the finances that I obtain. All the while he's looking and says, God, it's because of who you are. The heavens that you created, the earth that you created, the enemies that you consumed that should have got me, and the salvation that you brought that you didn't have to bring. And they are fascinated. If you look at the psalmist, that's what they do in, throughout psalms, David and, and the rest of, of these individuals. It would seem as though doom is on its way, and they're surrounded, and they'll, they'll remind themselves how great their God was, how a refuge he was. That's what you need to do. You need to know how great your God is because during these times, that's what's going to keep you planted. Clearly, he's looking, he's looking to everything that's going on. And, is, and, is, and he even says he's bitter. I realized, you know, I was bitter. I was bitter because I wasn't receiving the things they were receiving. I was trying to understand why they prosper. But the key thing about this psalm is then he went to the sanctuary. Yeah. He went to the Lord. He talked to the Lord. He prayed about it. And it was, it's almost like, it's crazy. When you start talking with the Lord and you start telling him all these things, it's almost like then you feel how stupid you are after you (laughs) start talking to him. Yeah. You're just like, all right, God, yeah, (laughs) I don't, I don't need to say any of this. I don't even need to speak any more about it because, because he'll get to the heart of the issue. Like that's when he went to the rich young ruler or do like, what can I do to enter the kingdom and all of that? And then, then Jesus starts telling him, okay, you got to keep the commandments. You got to love the Lord. And he was like, well, yeah, I've, I've done these things since my youth. And he's like, all right, go sell all that you have. And then he goes away sorrowful. Because he has many goods. Yeah. That's the heart of the issue. Sometimes we get so we get so secure in what we have. But what Jesus is saying is everything that's here is going to be destroyed. Everything that's here is only here for a moment. And then it's going to then it's going to be gone. I was told one time by by a brother that was preaching. He said this man, he was rich. He had he had everything and he goes to heaven with this wheelbarrow of gold and they're looking at him like, what are you going to do with that? This is what the streets are made out of. Yeah. So it's like where, what we find as value here is nothing. Right. God's like, that's nothing to me. I own it all. That's nothing. What you think is valuable is nothing. What's valuable is eternity. That's what's valuable. Cause all the, all of this stuff, the earth's going to pass away in the fullness of all of that. It's all going to pass. The key thing is we need to make sure that, yeah, it, it seems like when you're starting to look at what the wicked and everything and what's going on, that it's going to be difficult. It's hard because you're seeing all of these things. But as soon as you go to the sanctuary, as soon as you go into the Lord, that's when God starts showing you, hey, I got you. Yeah. I've been blessing you. You don't, you don't see 
Remember, remember this moment when you were late to work and you were upset at me? I was keeping you from a wreck that day. Yeah. You don't understand when you're, when you were getting frustrated and, and all of these things were going on, you don't understand. I was protecting you. Yeah. I was keeping you from that. Yeah. When everybody else at your job got laid off, I was keeping you. I'm not one to think that you have to be poor for God. No. To think highly of you or for you to be a great Christian, you got to be poor. I'm not one of that. All right. God has been good to me. Yes, he has. He has been good to me. The deal is, God wants you to have things. He just does not want things having you. Mm. Be real with yourself. I can't stress this enough. A lot of your frustration that you have accumulated is probably because of you, not other people. I desire to be real on this podcast. I was frustrated at other people. Because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I wasn't frustrated at them. I was frustrated at me. Mm -hmm. But the moment that I started doing it is the moment that I started feeling better and I can love them and I can pray for them. And so I understand what the psalmist is saying here. Why he was just so frustrated because he started focusing on that. But really and truly focus on what you need to. And instead of looking at them prosper you're going to be praying that they save that their souls get saved before it's too late because there's going to come a time where they're going to be laying on their deathbed pastor sanchez happened to run into a, a very wealthy individual traveled this world owned a lot of things boats you name it this man had and guess what he was looking for on his deathbed he wasn't looking for those vacations he wasn't looking for those boats. He was just looking for that preacher. Yeah. And I thank God that Pastor Sanchez was able to be in that man's life before he went. That's what I'm saying. There's going to come a time in your life where you realize are these things really worth taking my soul. Yeah. That's why it says from the depths of your soul. The depths of my soul cry out unto you, Lord. That goes past the materialistic things. That goes past the finances. That even goes past the testimony. The depths of my soul start realizing, God, you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. If you're wondering, know the greatest miracle that God ever done is saving your and mine soul. Yes. And salvation is the greatest miracle. Because there's nothing on this earth that can save your soul but the blood of Jesus Christ. And he had did that again, and I'll say it again, when me and you didn't even line up. He was wrongfully crucified so I can righteously sit at a table. Don't you ever forget that. So I can be robed, he was stripped naked. Yeah. So I can be forgiven, he was mocked. Don't you ever forget that. Because that's something that the wicked don't realize. And they're on borrowed time. And you should be praying for those souls. Yes. That they open their eyes before it's too late. Because that money's going to dry up. That bottle's going to dry up. Them drugs are going to dry up. And there's going to be a soul that's beaten for something in the end when they realize this satisfaction is not it. Yeah. Good things don't happen to bad people and bad things don't happen to good people. 
Life happens to everybody. Yes, it does. It's just called life. Sickness is on this earth. Disease is on this earth. Death is on this earth. Wealth is on this earth. Poor is on this earth. Fools on this earth. Famines on this earth. That is just what the earth has. That's why Jesus Christ was disappointed in the individual because he would bury the talent in the earth and he realized, don't you know that I can bring everything out of this earth? If I wanted to, I can. But I give it to you to multiply, not to try to find it in this earth, but to find it in me. Because he was so fixated on him having the wealth, but knowing that the wealth really had him. Mm. And that's what happens with me and you. We got to be real with ourselves. If God does give you that bonus, if God does give you them finances, can he trust you with it? Can he trust you with it? Mm. Because it's in the faithful and the little where we can be instilled with much. Yeah. And that's all I'm trying to do is, is, is help you out. I'm not trying to bash nobody. Come on, I'm a kid from the projects. You don't think I knew? You don't think that money was my God? You don't think money was the motive? My daddy was a drug addict. You don't think that all, the, all, all this, the Jordans, the clothes, and all that, that I wanted this growing up? But there's a, there's comes a time in my life that I can look at my wall full of Jordans and say, what does it matter? So what? I got shoes. What does it matter? So what? I got money. What does it matter? Yeah. At the end of the day, what does it matter? So what? I have this. What does it matter? Where's the satisfaction? You know, you're, you're saying all of that, and it, it, it makes me think of the prodigal son. And when he finally comes to himself, just like you're saying, what does it matter? He's in the pig pen, and he's like, man, surely... My father's house, even the servants are treated better than this. Maybe I need to go back home. Maybe I can be a servant. And when he comes back home, his father restores him. Says, no, you're not going to be a servant because you're my son. Yeah. Has this big feast. And then you have his brother. And we, a lot of times we give the brother flack because of his response. But that's our response. Yeah. When we have someone, they... They, they come out, they, they got to live out all in the world. They got to do everything they want to do. And then all of a sudden they come back because they've been humbled. They've been brought low. It's like the church welcomes them with their open arms and it's like nothing ever, like, like they didn't just do everything that they did. That's that, that really, to be honest, that's our response. Yeah. Is what right. the brother is what the brother said. He said, father never killed the fatted calf for me. Father never had a festival or in, in my honor for me. And he was telling that to his dad. And, and his dad says, don't worry about that. He said, you have my house. You still have an inheritance. You still have my blessing. Yeah. You never wavered. That is your blessing. There's a blessing with that. You don't understand. He already went and spent all of his blessing. He already went yeah. and spent all of his inheritance. Yeah. He's back. It's just, he said, rejoice because your brother, we thought he was dead, but now he's alive again. Yeah. Rejoice in that. Rejoice that they're able to come back and that they're able to be restored. But don't forget, you have a blessing. Yes. You still have God's favor on your life. Yes. You never wavered. There is a blessing in that. There is a blessing that comes with that. Yes. And that's what we can't forget. And that's what we got to remember. Now, now we don't do these things because of that, but we got to remember we have been faithful. Yeah. 
the prodigal went with limited credit. Baby, we got unlimited. Mm-hmm. We still in the father's house. That car don't got no limits. Yeah. Remember that. I know it gets time because you're still working the field. You're still working. It seems as though your brother's living a lavish life. But there's one day they got to hit the pig pen. Mm-hmm. And while they were swarming in the pig pen, remember you were laying in the father's house, eating at the father's table. That is the great blessing, young brother, young sister, is that the king allows you to sit at the table even though we were unfit to even be in the house. Yeah. For my brothers and my sisters, the coffee's running low. So me and Rev, we gots to go. Love y'all.